Well, hello. Thank you for being with us today. My name is Doug, and I'm one of the pastors here. And and this is the Christmas season, like you needed me to tell you that. But but you know, there we're all trying to get ready for Christmas, isn't that right? We're 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 buying presents. We're putting this up. We're getting this out. We're rearranging furniture. We're we're shopping uh, in person, and we're going or we're online, and and we're we're doing all the right things to get all the right gifts so that we can have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. And that's not even counting all the, the extra parties and all the other stuff that we have to do. And in that process, as, we, as we're getting ready, we go, yeah, oh yeah, I've got to buy a gift for that person. And so I just wonder if we're asking the right questions around that gift. Now, I know that some of us have been, been buying gifts for a very long time, and some of us are brand new at all this, and so, so maybe here's a few questions you might need to, to ask uh, this particular Christmas season. So, it's not just enough just to get the right gift. Is it the right size? Is it the right color? Is it the right brand? Uh, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's a sports jersey, is it the right team? Is it the right number with the right name uh, on the back of the jersey? And, and, and all those things. Can I, and then ultimately, somewhere along the way, we have to ask a question, can I really purchase this gift? Do I have the, the, the money to be able to, to buy this gift with? And, and then we go, well, did I really check to see if it could be delivered by Christmas? Uh, we might throw the red flag of a replay for that. But, but still, the point being is that, that we ask all these questions, and then once the, we get the gift, there's still more questions. Well, what kind of wrapping paper do I use? Do I use wrapping paper in a box, or do I put it in a gift bag? And the questions go, on and on and on about Christmas. You're asking those same things. And, and I remember uh, a time in my life where I remember that I learned a very valuable, quite a, a very a valuable lesson about asking the right question. Now, it wasn't necessarily around Christmas, but it was at a very significant time in my life. My, my wife, Donna, and I, who, who've been married, we've been married for over 32 years, uh, we, it was, we were on our honeymoon. And I had just bought, a, uh, not bought, I borrowed a camera. And when I borrowed this camera, this person showed me how to use it. And, and, it, and it was a 35 millimeter camera. It looked something like this. Uh, right here. I know that, that everybody, you got a phone now. Back in the day, we had a thing, and it was called a camera, not just a lens, uh, but a whole camera. And it was, it was bigger than a phone, cell phone. And you would carry this camera, and, and you would hold it, and, and you would have to do it, and you put something in it called film. Uh, this is called film, and that's right. Back in the day, you would, you would take this film, and you would put it in the camera, take your pictures, and then you would take it and get those, uh, the film developed. And so that's what we did. Well, in the process, this is a kind of an interesting camera uh, that the lens itself, you have to focus, you have to look through, you have to focus the lens, and then you snap the shutter, uh, which is right here. And there's a little lever. I, I'm hoping you can see this. There's a little lever right here that you actually, once you take the picture, you advance the film. And so we're on our honeymoon, and I've got this super-duper camera that I borrowed. And on day one, I'm out, and I'm taking pictures, and we're having a great time, and scenery, and people, and, 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 and uh, Donna, and then Donna and turn me, and we're, you know, we're clicking, we're focusing, we're, we're doing all the right stuff, we're advancing. We get to day, the end of day two, and I'm looking at Donna, and I'm going, hey, 
is there any film in this camera? Yeah, you guessed it. No film. Lost two days of, of, of a nice honeymoon in the sense of having pictures to, for those memories. And I didn't have the film because I didn't ask the right question. Now, today, I, I, want, to, I want to read from the book of Matthew. And, and uh, that's the, uh, the very first book of the New Testament. Uh, it's written by uh, a pot, what we call an apostle. Uh, he was a follower of Jesus, a disciple. He was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Uh, he was a tax collector before he became a disciple of Jesus. And, and he then recorded uh, what we now have known, what we know now as the gospel uh, according to Matthew. And so I want to take a look at that and, and, and let's talk about some questions. We're talking about questions that we may not be asking here at Christmas, but maybe we should. So let's read this. Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so I want you to, again, we're just going to take this at face value right now and, and see that this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Mary, who was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph, who she was engaged, and in the first century, they, 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 these marriages were arranged, and they were engaged, and they were going to be married. Joseph, whom she was engaged with, he was a righteous man. He was a good guy. He was a righteous man, and he didn't want to disgrace Mary publicly. What do you mean? He didn't want to shout and say, hey, she's pregnant, because, you know, hey, the, the, she's pregnant. How'd she get pregnant? Well, she must have had sex with somebody. Because that's how you get pregnant. And so he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And he said, considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So again, you saw the story. Joseph, he finds out Mary's pregnant somehow. He finds out about it. And so he's going he's gonna to break the engagement off quietly and he's got to, he goes to sleep and he has this dream and in this dream an angel comes to him and he's got something to say and he says Joseph son of David the angel said do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit so this angel who appears to Joseph in a dream says to him listen the child that's in her she's pregnant because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit that's what the angel said and she will have a son and you're to name him Jesus, which is a, that's a transliteration uh, from an Aramaic word. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. And he will save his people from their sins. So, his, so his, his people have a sin problem. They're missing God's mark. And, and Jesus is going to save his people from their sins. So all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to his prophet. 
which was some uh, uh, 700 years plus earlier when the prophet said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. So this baby who's going to be born is going to be named Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit. His name, one of his names is going to be Emmanuel. And that name simply means God is with us. And so when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, and he didn't have sexual relations with her until the son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Wow. Man, I got lots of questions. <laughs> I got a lot of questions. Lots of questions. And so before you write this off as a fable or uh, some myth, or, or maybe even you've done some research and, and, and you, well, there's some discrepancy about who wrote this and what wrote this and what this happened and what this happened. And before you write all that stuff off, I want you to lean in with me just for a minute. I know you're not asking these questions, but maybe you should. See, I think there's some questions in this passage that we just read that, that are important. And the questions just might change your life. All right, so let, let's take a look at those questions real quick. Hang with me now. So the first question is, why is it important that Jesus be conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of Mary? So if we take the text as true... If we say that, say that with me, just for, just for a minute, if we take it to be true, then why is it important that she be conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of Mary? I think that's a great question. That's a very good question. You see, when you, when you look at the, the other writings from, from other people who, who hung out with Jesus, who experienced Jesus in a powerful way, and as they wrote and as God inspired them, if, if you go back and look, you, you learn things about Jesus and who he is and what he is and what he's doing. And one of the things that Jesus is doing is that he was, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, so that makes him fully God right out of the beginning. And when he's born of Mary, that makes him fully human. No, he's not schizophrenic. All right? No, he's not dual personality. But he is fully God and he's fully human. And here's why that's important. Because we read later, and we're going to talk about it, that, that we, we need to be saved. And, and we need a mediator between us and God. we got a problem with God and we need a mediator. We need somebody who can go between. And, and in the religious world, we call that a priest. We have a priest who's a go-between who represents us before God. And we have a mediator who is fully human. That is, he understands your heartache and your hurt. He understands your pain. He understands the struggles that you're having. He understands your confusion because he's experienced all that. He understands your temptations. He understands your struggles. And he, he experienced all of that as a human being because he was fully human. Not that he, and so because he experienced those things, 
He is able to be the, the right go-between. He's not like some priest who doesn't know how we feel, doesn't know uh, the issues that we're going with. He gets us. Because he, he, he was us and is us. And so that's why this is important that he's born of Mary. But why is it important that, that he's, he's born conceived by the Holy Spirit? So what does that mean? He was conceived in, 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 in Mary's womb, the ovary, planted itself as a seeded ovary, and gave birth in her womb to Jesus. All that was by the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? I, I, I don't have that answer on how that happens, but I can tell you why it's important. But you know, I go back to the fact that the mediator between us and God needs to be fully God. Because Jesus is able to fix our problem, our sin problem. And so only God can fix it. And so, so, so he's fully God and he's fully human. That's one of the reasons that, that it's important. That Jesus be conceived by the Holy Spirit, but be born by Mary. Okay? Just hang with me. Hang with me. Second question. Why is it important that Jesus' Greek name be Yeshua or Aramaic? Okay? And so Greek, Aramaic, original language uh, that it was written in. And his name actually is Yeshua. It's, that's how you pronounce that, Yeshua in, in Aramaic. And quite frankly, if you were Hebrew, uh, you would pronounce that Joshua. Yeshua. Why is that important? Well, Yeshua uh, transliterated into the name Jesus. Transliteration simply means to take the word as it's phonetically pronounced in that language and then to create that word in the English language. Jesus. And so, Jesus... The name Jesus, as we read, means God saves. And so, so what's happening is the reason that, that he's named Jesus is because God saved. And here's why that's important. As we, as we read the rest of the scriptures in its totality, we recognize that it is God who brings salvation to us, not that we work for it or earn it. That's why his name's really important. Because if it was any other name, then, then it could be simply that we work for it. See, here's the distinction between Christianity and all other religions. It is the fact that in Christianity, God does all the work. Jesus, Yeshua, God saves. In all other religions, we do all the work. We do all the effort. And so I ask, how powerful is your God, if you believe in God, how powerful is your God that he can't save you? But Jesus can. He's got the name. He saves. God saves. It's the power of God. That's why this, his name is important. That's why his name, that's one of the reasons his name is, is significant and important. 
But again, I want to get to the third question. Hang with me. Don't go anywhere. Third question. Why is it important that he be called Emmanuel? Well, now, that's an interesting name. It's a kind of a Hebrew name uh, coming over. What does that mean? That means God is with us. God with us. So what does that mean? So that means that, that, that Jesus, God saved, he was born, and so he hung out for 33 years. He lived for 33 years. He lived the first 30 years of his life. We don't know a whole lot about that. As a matter of fact, we know very little about that. And then the last three years of his life, we know a whole lot uh, because uh, of the guys, a guy like Matthew, a guy like Mark, a guy like Luke, and a guy like John who wrote about that and experienced that. And then from a historical perspective, seeing the results of this Jesus but the fact is God was with us so what does that mean for 33 years he hung out with us he was with us he was here but here for us today this is the significance of Emmanuel God with us that he is here today we know from other places in the scripture that Jesus said listen I promise to never leave you I promise to never forsake you you will never be alone. I will always be with you. I will not abandon you. I will not run from you. I will not cast you out. I will not throw you away. I will not consider you unworthy of my presence. God with us. That's why this name is so important. Because so many of us, we, we begin to struggle when we get, we begin to confuse, we begin to, uh, things begin to happen. Sickness happens, suffering happens, pain happens. We look at, why in the world would God let this happen in the world? Why would this happen? Why does this happen? Well, it's never about the fact that God is not with us because He is with us. He promises to always be with us. So, if those three questions are legitimate questions, and, and as we look at that test and ask those questions, I think here's the, here's, here is a fantastic question to ask. Why did Matthew believe this? Man, I want you to think about it for a minute. Obviously, Matthew wasn't there. When all that took place, he wasn't in the room uh, with Mary when the angel appeared to Mary. He wasn't in the room with Joseph. Uh, matter of fact, that uh, the, the angel that's in in uh, in Luke, uh, you can find you can find that process where the angel talked to Mary. He wasn't there when the angel talked to Joseph. He wasn't there when the baby was actually born. He wasn't there. Matter of fact, he didn't know about any of the, these events. Until later in life, maybe even after the resurrection of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He, maybe he didn't know it until then. I mean, obviously somebody had to tell him. Maybe Mary told him. I don't know who told him, but that's not the point. The point is, why in the world would he believe such a far-fetched story? I mean, obviously he believed it because he wrote it down. Why would he believe it? I mean, I mean, think about the story. Mary shows up pregnant. 
uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got a story for you. Uh, I hadn't had sex with anybody. Uh, it was uh, the Holy Spirit. Whoever that is. Wow. And then, you know, and then Joseph goes, hey, wait a minute, come out. I had a dream. I had a dream. And, and, and in this dream, an angel talked to me. An angel told me all this stuff. I mean, it, it sounds made up. Or is it? You see, I go back to the question, why would Matthew believe this? See, here's the deal. Matthew was killed. His life was taken from him over one issue and one issue only. It's because he believed in Jesus, that he, Jesus was God's son, that he was born of this earth, and he died, and he rose again, and he was the savior of the world. That's why he, he was killed. His life was taken from him. All he had to do was say, yep, don't believe. Yep, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. But no. Something transformed Matthew. Something changed Matthew, the resurrection. But because of that event, Matthew wrote about his experiences. He, he experienced Jesus, and he wrote about it. See, here's how he experienced Jesus. So Matthew spent three years with him. Three solid years. Now, when I say he spent three years with him, I'm talking he spent seven days a week 24 hours a day with Jesus. No, this isn't just like going to the coffee shop, hanging out for about 30 minutes and doing that a couple times, maybe once a month, twice a month. This isn't that. This isn't like being at the ball field and hanging out with somebody even five or six days a week. No, this is seven days a week, every day, 24 hours a day, all with Jesus, somewhere uh, around 30 to 33 uh, common error. Three years, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, he got to experience Jesus. And because he had that experience, he wrote this book simply entitled the, Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel, the Testimony about Jesus Christ. He wrote it about 50 CE. So when we got about 17 years after the event, he sits down, he starts writing about what, what he experienced and what he saw, and he wrote about it. So here's why I think that Matthew believed what he wrote about Jesus. Because Matthew experienced Jesus. Matthew saw everything. He experienced him for three years. He saw the teaching. He saw the miracles. He saw the people being raised from the dead. He saw the people being fed with a little bit of food. He saw all these things take place. He saw the crucifixion. He saw him placed in a tomb. Okay, maybe you heard about that, but didn't see it. He saw the empty tomb. He experienced Jesus resurrected. He saw Jesus being ascended to heaven. He experienced all of that. And because he experienced that, 
He believed. Now hang on with me. I want to go back to my questions. You remember my questions? Talked about why, why was it important that he be fully God and fully human? Why was it important that he would be the one who saves? Why was it important that God would be with us? Here's why. Because when we believe that, we experience peace with God. When we believe that, when we come to a point in our lives where we can embrace that and believe that, then we will experience peace with God. Why? Because we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that He is our Savior, and we believe that, and, and, and that's in our hearts and transforms our lives, and we have peace with God. But here's the deal. As a result of peace with God, we have the peace of God. Again, I'm answering the question, why is this important? Why are these questions important? Because we get the peace of God. And you see, the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God gives us peace. I've been, I've been dealing with the public for 42 years. When I say the public, I've been in ministry for 42 years. I have listened to people's heartaches and people's issues. I talk to people. And over a 42-year period of time, I can promise you that the number one story that I hear from people is caught up in, in anxiety, in stress, in heartache, in disillusionment. Absolutely the, all the opposites of peace. So, I mean, if we can have that, if we can get to that point where we believe that, then we experience that. So, I got one more question. How can we be like Matthew? I mean, we don't get to hang out with Jesus, right? So, how can we be like Matthew and experience Jesus to help us believe in Jesus? You see, I think because of, of this encounter with Jesus, because of this belief in Jesus, because of, of encountering Jesus, experience Jesus, here's happens. Our lives are changed and we are dramatically different. We have a different worldview. We have a different perspective. We have a different hope. We have a different dream. We have a different ambition. All the things are different about us because of this experience when we experience Jesus happened to Matthew Matthew wrote about it how can we be like him how can we experience Jesus well I mentioned it two weeks ago and when we were looking for signs at Christmas and I'm going to mention it again because it's the same answer number one Pray something like this. Spend time talking to God. Two minutes, one second. Doesn't matter. Get up every morning. Pray something like this. Jesus, I want to experience you. Ask Him. Ask Him. I want to experience you. I want to move beyond knowing. I want to move beyond knowing that how to focus the camera, how to click the shutter, how to advance the film. I want to move beyond knowing. And I want to experience Jesus. 
And whether we, we've been a believer for, for a long time or whether you're asking questions and trying to cross a line of faith, this prayer right here will be answered. Pray. Jesus, I want to experience you. Second thing, read the Bible. Read the Bible. How are we going to learn about Jesus? How do you find out about Jesus? you got to pick the Bible up and read it because that's where you learn about Jesus. Oh, you can see him in other people, but sometimes that don't work out right. You can see him in nature, absolutely, but that's not the totality of understanding who Jesus is. I mean, you, how do you, you got to sit down and particularly listen to guys like Mark who were eyewitnesses and said, hey, this is what happened. Because they saw it firsthand. Three years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Read the Bible, start with the book of Mark. Go slow. And then when you read, ask this question, what do you want me to do based on what I just read? Ask God that. What do you want me to do based on what I just read? Because this is the experience. This is where we experience Jesus. Remember, Pray, read the Bible, start in Mark. Find people who experience Jesus every day. Find people who are experiencing Jesus. Not just knowing about Jesus. <laughs> there are a boatload of people who know about Jesus. But they don't experience Him. They don't experience a full and rich and meaningful life. They don't experience the abounding joy. They don't experience the, the, the wellspring of life that ebbs and flows and comes out of them. They don't experience that. They know about Jesus. Click, click, focus, move, camera, blah, blah. But they don't, they don't experience Jesus. Find people who experience Jesus and do what? Hang out with them. Spend time with them. Spend time with them. Why? Because it's just like, a, it's just like when you spend time with, with somebody who's complaining, then you're going to become a complainer. If you spend, so I'll never forget one time when, when I was working and I worked with the guy and he and his wife were having some struggles and, and I listened to him gripe and complain about his wife all the time. And you know what that made me do? That made me think about how I may not have the deep appreciation for my wife that I should. And I said, I got to stop listening to that because I'm hanging around somebody who gripes and complains about his wife and I'm not going to gripe and complain about my wife because I love my wife dearly. See, it's when, when you hang around that stuff, that's what you become, right? And so hang around people, find people who, who more than know Jesus, experience Jesus every day. Spend time with them. We've asked a lot of questions. I don't know that I have a lot of answers. We've got a lot of questions. And I want to encourage you to go find some answers. 
Because I, I know you're probably not asking, or you probably, before today, probably didn't ask any of these questions, and that's okay. But, but, but maybe you should. Because the very thing that you're looking for, the very thing that, that you're trying to achieve, fulfillment and hope and peace and security, and a life that is full and rich in the here and maybe in the hereafter. You might just find that by asking questions. By asking questions you've never even thought about asking. And finding those answers just might change your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we don't have all the answers. And we, got, we struggle with stuff. I mean, we just, this isn't in our nature. We question everything. And we know you're not afraid of questions. Not in any way, shape, or form. Help us to, to go to the right place, Lord, to find the answers. Help us to be willing to ask the questions first. And then help us to go to the right places to find the answers. You know, we're trying to have a great Christmas season, Lord. We're trying to have all this joy that people are supposed to have, and it's hard. It's hard. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to, to ask right good questions, but to seek out the right answers. We pray that you will help us experience Jesus so that we can believe and our lives be changed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for being with us today. And if, and if you've been touched by this message or any other messages that you've been a part of uh, and experienced, we want to encourage you to share it because there's people just like you who need to hear the messages that we're sharing and the things that we're doing here at Next Level Church. So like us, share us with your friends, and get the word out there. And by the way, here's what you need to know too, that because of people who give, people give financially, uh, to make this ministry happen, to, to allow us to be able to be online and to, and to do this and do the things that we're doing, and, and because of their giving. And so, again, if you've been touched and if you've been moved, maybe you want to give to help somebody just like you out, somebody else to experience that. You can go to our website. You can see here right on the screen how to do all that, and you can go to our website, click Give, and you can support this ministry and, and make that happen. But it is our prayer, more than anything else, that as you go this week, as you go today, that you will go and ask questions, absolutely, but that you will seek the answers in the right spots, in the right places, that you will experience Jesus so that you may believe. Have a great week. Thank you.